But I keep slapping instead of crying. I must keep fighting until I'm dying. And old man Rebar, he'll just keep rolling along. Is that Paul Robeson? Yeah, it's that uh, Jerome Kearns, Oscar Hammerstein yeah. song, Old Man River. You know, it's from Showboat. Right. It's not on a stage in New York City. It's not in Los Angeles. It's on the back of a flatbed truck up in Blaine, Washington, 64 years ago today. Our resident historian, Felix Spinell, joins us. And what was the occasion 64 years ago today? Well, Robeson is sort of a complex figure, right? He's not very well remembered today, but he was very popular in the 30s and 40s, and he became an activist. He traveled to the Soviet Union and then was followed by the FBI. Mm-hmm. He, he lived there for a while, right? Yeah, and he tried to go. Uh, they took away his passport in 1950, so he couldn't leave the country. This is during the, you know, the height of the Cold War and the McCarthy era. But then he tried to go to Canada in January of 1952 to perform a concert for the, the Mine and Mill Workers Union up in Vancouver. And he was turned away at the border. There's a esoteric government law about, you know, something being in the best interest of the government. He was threatened with a $5,000 fine or $10,000 fine or five years in prison. So the union people had him perform by phone. He went back to Seattle and sang by telephone to this group in Vancouver. Wow. And they said, let's have you, let's do a concert at the Peace Arch in May. And so they, they organized this big event because he couldn't leave the country. And so they, about 30,000 people showed up at the Peace Arch there because he couldn't, he wasn't allowed to leave the country. And we know all the details about him going to the border and being turned away because the FBI was closely tracking him. And there's a scholar who's shared the FBI files. Yeah, the FBI, <laughs> Paul Robeson files right here. So, so I guess in, in a way the FBI uh, is full of historians, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank God for the FBI tracking it so well. I talked to this, uh, this is a historian named uh, doc, Dr. Lindsay Swindoll. She's at, uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey. She said it was pretty hypocritical for President Truman and the U.S. government to treat Robeson this way for what essentially thought crimes. Truman was always saying, we're not going to sacrifice civil rights, you know, to fight a totalitarian regime. But you could look at Robeson and say, wait a second, <laughs> you know, there's this clear repression here going on. Yeah, it's essentially thought crimes, right? He's he's pro-Soviet, not necessarily pro-Soviet, but pro-socialism. He's um, an early uh, civil rights activist. A uh, big pro-labor person. Not I exactly the, the most popular guy. the 1950s were one of those eras when America was great and freedom blossomed. But really I think it was true. if you were a white man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, but I went up to the Peace Arch yesterday to try to figure out where this concert actually happened. It's you know it's it's not that well known outside of labor history circles and music history circles. I stumbled across it a few months ago. I heard something from the CBC in Canada. It's much much more well known up in up in BC. So I met with Jason Snow, who's the park manager, and then Christina Alexander. She runs the International Peace Arch Association. We, we stood just south of the Peace Arch, and she described the setting of the concert. The flatbed was rolled up, you know, as close to the boundary as it could get, at an angle that uh, allowed the Canadian side of the park to uh, the ridge there that we now see today, a lot of different beautiful trees along, and allowed that at the time to be like an amphitheater and uh, 30,000 people supposedly attended it at one of the accounts I read of the event. Wow. Yeah. And this uh, critic for The Atlantic back in 1998 described this as the Woodstock of the McCarthy era, which I think that's brilliant. So it was so crowded. They had to shut down the border for a couple hours. It was a free concert. They think there's many, maybe 30,000. Some estimates had as few as 5,000, probably somewhere in between, right? And so Robeson sang. He sang Negro spirituals. He sang old labor songs like Joe Hill, and he, he addressed the crowd. I stand here today under great stress because I dare, as do you, all of you, to fight for peace and a decent life for all men, women, and children 
wherever they may be. And especially today, I stand fighting for the rights of my people in this America in which I was born. In another twist of the story, while this preparation for this concert are going on, a group here in Seattle, including a Cairo radio employee, actually, um, tried to organize a Robeson concert at the Civic Auditorium, what's now McCaw Hall. They got a permit, but then the city changed its mind and said, like, um, it would uh, it would cause antagonism toward the Negro race. There's an old law on the books. By having him sing? Yeah. There had been a riot in Peekskill, New York, in 1949 before a a Robeson outdoor concert. Uh They didn't necessarily cite that directly, but that was sort of known. Yeah, that's where I was born. Oh, really? Peekskill, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think August 49, big Peekskill riot. Well, not too far, not too long after that, 52. All right. Well, the concert organizers sued, and thank goodness the King County Superior Court judge found in their favor and said the city of Seattle had no right to prevent anyone from having a concert. Yeah. Good for them. And so two days after the Peace Arch concert, about 1,500 people showed up at the uh, Civic Auditorium and... Uh, the critic, you know, Lou Guzzo wrote a review of the concert and said that it was more of a recit- recitation of ide- ideology rather than a concert, sort of a mixed uh-huh. bag. And one protester showed up with a sign out front. <laughs> <laughs> and the city survived. Yeah, yeah. So pretty amazing chapter of history that's just, there's no monument up there at the Peace Arch Park. Thousands of people drive by and there's nothing. that They had a 50th anniversary concert, but that was mostly attended by labor folks. Yeah. I my radical father-in-law. Old wobbly. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so this is all part of your personal collection? Oh, this, I was in tears driving up, playing this in the car yesterday, driving up hearing the song. Yeah, yeah. Paul Robeson. Thank you, Felix. Thank you. Our resident historian, Felix Spinell, joins us each Wednesday with a little lesson about our past.